Hello, glad you could make it. Today you get to hear one of Thendiel's stories for Elflings. This is a project I've been working on for a while. The book will be a collection of original stories set in the world of Angeli. The story I'm going to share with you today is called Talindra's Gift. Once there was a young girl, maybe 12 years old or so, whose mother wasn't her mother and whose father wasn't her father. Her folks had found her squalling in a blanket, teetering at the edge of a swift river swell in the pouring rain. It seemed the branch of a willow bush was the only thing keeping the babe from the death of drowning. The horse's leather hames have been cut, the man announced to his wife, who held the soaked bundle in her arms. This is no accident. The man scowled as he helped his wife over the mud-slimed rocks and back to the road where they'd been traveling. The broken carriage and blood proved no survivors, so the couple spirited the baby girl away. They were young enough back then to pass as the babe's parents as they looked for an inn for shelter on their journey. "'What's the little one's name?' the kindly innkeep asked as he brought them bowls of hot pottage and fresh bread from the larder. He was a giant of a man with meaty hands and a tattered grayish-white apron. The couple looked nervously at each other in the dim flames of the fireplace. The orange light dispelled any surprise they might have shown at the unexpected question. Willow, her name is Willow, the mother spoke quickly. Her husband grinned and nodded in approval for her quick thinking as he set to eating what was laid before him. Pretty name, the innkeep mumbled, as he handed over a dry blanket for the little one. She got away with making a smile that warms the old heart of stone, that one. A name well chosen, innkeep said wistfully, as he gazed at the little one. After what seemed like uncomfortably too long a moment, the man turned and busied himself stoking the fire to chase the damp away and dry his visitor's garments. It would take a brave man to start a brawl in this place with such an imposing owner, the new mother said with a smile to her husband. The pair spoke in whispers and felt safe. The girl, Willow, slept unaware of this new life she'd just been tossed into. Willow grew strong and lithe with golden brown hair that was kept in a single long braid down her back. Her papa taught her how to use the bow and hook to hunt and fish. He also taught her woodland lore and the use of blade and axe. Her skill at tracking her quarry increased tenfold with her papa's guidance. No daughter of mine is going to lay in waste, nor want of help from any man, he would tell his nosy neighbors, who viewed Willow's upbringing as strange and more like that of a boy. But they wrote it off as an old man's frailty for an only child. Today was Willow's birthday. Her adopted mother pulled a small pouch out of her pocket 
and gave it to her along with a fancy sweet roll that she'd baked in the oven, complete with raisins, just the way you like it, her mother smiled. Thank you, this is all so much, Willow said, knowing how hard it was to find raisins. Mama must have been hiding them away for months to surprise me, Willow thought to herself and smiled. Willow, it's your special day, the woman announced. It's been 12 years since we found you, and every day has been a blessing to us. This is a keepsake we found on your real mother, and we want you to have it now. Her mother put her hand on her husband's shoulder. He sat silently in his chair these days. Aging had proved difficult for her papa. His mind came and went from him like fog and rain. Today he stared with blank eyes at the wall behind her. Willow was still glad he was there. She opened the small pouch and inside was a beautiful gold chained necklace. She pinched the thin edges of the hinged locket, gently popping it open by the mechanism on the side. She could see there were delicately painted miniature pictures of two strangers in oddly stiff clothes, the likes of which she'd never seen before. Willow stared at the unfamiliar faces. These were supposedly her real parents. The old woman could see her face was troubled as she concentrated on the details of the gift. But before she could say anything, there was a knock on the door. Oh, I see the party has already started, Willow's best friend Kenny said as she handed her a wrapped cloth. Willow's hands excitedly worked to pull the finely knotted threads from around the fabric to reveal a beautiful hand-carved flute. It was made from Malorn tree wood. It had been hand-painted with delicately floral patterns. Thank you, Willow hugged her friend for such a wonderful gift. Someday I'll have to learn how to play, she said as she held the flute to her lips and gently puffed into it. A beautiful sound rose up around them. Her papa smiled and let out a quiet chuckle from his seat against the wall. Willow looked puzzled at the thing. It is an enchanted flute, Kenny told her friend. My grandmother gave it to me. I don't know where she got it from, but I could never play it right. I see now it's finally found its true owner, Kenny smiled. I'm told the wood was prized by elves. Who knows? Maybe if you can play it, one will appear, Kenny teasingly said as she jabbed her friends in the ribs. As if elves ever existed, Willow shot back with a sarcastic grin. That night, she lay in bed, looking into the tiny frames, glinting in the candlelight. Willow tried to imagine what those people were like. They did not seem warm in any way possible. She was told the jewelry had been removed from her mother's body, and she was told of an unfortunate accident. We tried to go back the next day to see if anyone was there who could tell us about your family, but the carriage was gone, torn down the river in the deluge. Her mama's explanation echoed in her memory. So the girl known as Willow grew up here, in this tiny home just off the main road. To the east lay a vast haunted forest. The tall trees grew thick and unforgiving there and were said to be cursed. 
Many a brave young man ventured into the dark place, never to return. Willow's papa made a living cutting up firewood. He was careful to take only trees that had fallen. He did not wish to insult whatever spirits lived there, but he had to make a living of some kind to support his family. She followed her papa while he worked, guarding him with her bow and helping load the wood into the rickety cart. She had done this for as long as she could remember. To Willow, the forest seemed a friendly place. She ran her hands along the mossy bark of the enormous trees and sighed. They seemed to tingle and hum under her fingertips. She thought of hot sunbeams and leaned up against a tree to play her flute. The music made her papa smile. The lovely strains she played seemed to lighten the burden of his labors. One day, her father fell into the stupor so completely he could not speak, and his gait had become unsteady to the point where he was bedridden. And when her papa could no longer find breath, he died. Willow and her mother were heartbroken. I can travel to Belfallist and sell my locket, Willow said. It's made of gold. We need the supplies to get through the winter, she begged her mother for consent. The money I make will give us time to think of a plan for ourselves. Willow clutched her mother's frail hands tightly. You have grown so wise at such a young age, my beautiful girl. The old woman wondered if she would ever see her again. Such was the harsh life for those born into this land. Willow hitched the old brown pony to the cart and loaded it high with the wood her father had prepared. She had gone with her papa several times on deliveries, so she knew what needed to be done. Beware of strange men, her mother fearfully told her. There are many who would take advantage of a girl alone, her mother warned. Willow placed her hand on her dagger to be sure it was fast to her belt and buckled on her quiver. She pulled a hat down over her head, making her look like a deliveries boy. She grinned smartly. I will return, mother. Try not to be afraid. I know how to be watchful for trouble. Willow kissed her mother gently on the cheek. Taking up the reins, she tapped the pony into a trot down the dusty, rutted road that led south. Hey, I have a free gift just for you. Tales of Eldalorn Kindle version is available for free right now on Amazon.com. How do I download my free copy, you might ask? Go to the link that I left in the podcast notes. Why is she giving away her book, you might ask? Well, Carly Bond needs reviews. Books are the same as podcasts. If you don't get your five-star reviews, people can't find you. The free book is good till Friday, and you don't even need a Kindle, just the Kindle app on your smartphone. And now back to our story.
The first few days were uneventful, as Willow delivered her cut wood to expectant neighbors. They were all saddened to hear of her father's passing. When she made it to the end of their customer line, she continued to travel south until she found herself at a tiny inn. It was stationed right across from the ferry barge that would take her across the river in the morning. Darkness was falling into a moonless night, so she quickly tied her pony to the empty cart with a long rope so it could eat grass from the ditch and went inside to sit by the fire for the night. The innkeeper's wife was a buxom woman with thick, warm arms that could carry several trays of food and drink at once. The place was quiet this night. One other traveler was hunched over a plate of food at a table halfway across the room, minding his own supper. Many would never travel under a new moon for fear of goblins and ogres in the pitch dark. You never know what's coming to get you without a torch to light the path. Even then, this is no place for a young lad. You'll have to stay the night, she scowled at Willow, the boy, who sat hunched up against the hearthstone. Willow frowned back, keeping up the ruse, until she finally felt so warm she accidentally removed her hat. A pile of golden brown braids fell down across her back. "'What's your name, girl?' the barkeep quietly asked, bringing the newly discovered girl some bread and ale to drink. "'My name is Willow,' she half-whispered to the gnarled old man. "'By the gods! It's the babe Willow!' he smiled a toothless grin. "'Mary, come here. It's someone you need to see all growed up!' The big woman gracefully dodged her way around the many scattered wooden tables, making her way to her husband's side. After brushing off her apron and letting out a deep breath, she finally took the required look at the girl. Her parents stayed here some 12 or so years ago. It was a mad rain outside, stirred up the river spirits, causing accidents. I believe it was a dark moon that night too, the old man said, rubbing his forehead as if he could conjure up more information that way. Good thing they stopped in here then, Mary added smartly. I heard ogres took down a carriage of nobles by the river and carried their bodies away for their food. Made a real mess of it. The woman had no idea how disturbing that bit of gossip was for Willow to hear. Her eyes grew huge with tears, thinking about such a violent end for her original parents. Oh, Mary, be quiet. The man sadly shook his head. Can't ye see the young one is suffering from your gossiping tongue? The man glared at his wife. She clearly had other things to attend to and turned away to do so. Never mind my Mary's yammering, Willow child, he gently said. Tales grow wild as time passes. None of that was real. He handed her a small blanket to wrap up by the fire for the night. You stay here inside. Tomorrow's a new day, he smiled reassuringly before he turned to get back to the business of running an inn. It was still cool enough to see a puff of breath now and then as one went about the business of securing a pony. 
to a cart. My name is Gordon, by the way, the old man loudly announced, as he lumbered out to where Willow stood. I forgot to properly introduce myself. He shoved a small, tied-up cloth bundle of provisions into her hands for the trip across the river. You canna ferry a horse across the water. Tis bad luck, girl, especially if it has iron shoes nailed to it. You can leave them here for when you get back, he strongly advised her. I don't know, Willow began to protest when the man put his hand on the pony's rope. It'll be cheaper to cross. Belfallist is only half a league further, an easy walk for ye. This pony won't suffer waiting on you, and eating all this tall stuff here would be like doing me a favor. Gordon solemnly tried to explain. Why are you being so good to me? Willow asked with a bit of trepidation as she carefully stuffed the food parcel into her pack. The light in the old man's eyes blazed with determination as he told her how seeing her shining face so many years ago snapped him out of a melancholia that he suffered from living so far away from his people. He had forgotten his lineage, and the only ones he knew of that had such powers over his people were elves. Elves are not real. She narrowed her eyes at Gordon, expecting him to laugh and say he was just joking around. But the man was dead serious. Whatever you believe, girl. There was one of them who came by this inn looking for a babe, who was sent from his arms into the river during the evil storm. Not to drown, mind you, but to hide from someone who wanted to do her harm. I hadn't put it together till I saw your growing face. You are the one they were searching for, aren't you? If you traveled a little further south, the el I mean, the people there might know your real parents. They don't reveal themselves to anyone, mind you, but my blood's half Darjeeling, and I can detect them. That's why I could tell you was different, even as a babe. Darjeeling are sworn protectors of all elves. Willow didn't know whether to laugh or cry. She was about to argue that according to every map ever made, straight south of here was only pure wilderness. The fairy whistle blew loud, deciding her fate. Okay, Gordon, she relented. You take care of my horse, and I will return to finish this conversation. Willow firmly said as she turned to run before missing her ride across the river altogether. Wow, that was weird. Willow held her hat down. Her movement was so swift and sure-footed, arrows didn't even rattle in her quiver as she ran. She caught the eye of someone fishing with a hook line at the river's edge. He smiled a broad smile at her. She just stared back. The fisher kept watching her as she walked the gangplank to the barge. The man from the inn last night was standing at the rail as she passed. For a fleeting moment, she thought she saw the man on shore look angry, but then he was gone. She shook her head because it seemed the man vanished right before her eyes. Can't be. Willow walked to the front edge of the flat deck and put her hand on the wooden railing. 
Willow thought of playing her flute, but then decided against it. She was on a mission to sell the one precious thing she had so she and her mother could survive the winter. Mother, she hoped she was well. Willow took a breath of the fresh air and gazed south at what looked like an island covered with lights. It was still early in the pre-dawn, so she thought her eyes must be playing tricks on her. Do you have family in Belfalist? A man's voice asked, bringing her back from her thoughts. Huh? Willow turned and was startled to find Inman standing all too close. She slid a few steps away along the rail, but the man followed. What do you want? Willow put her hand on the hilt of her dagger. The man slapped her hand away and hovered over her, blotting out the thin light. You're supposed to be dead. The man didn't get to finish speaking because an invisible hand opened a deep, bloody line in his neck. The stranger fell over the rail, splashing into the river below. A significantly shorter, leaner body took the man's place as the fisher she thought she had left behind on the other shore fully appeared. Willow let out a tiny, belated squeak of terror. Then she noticed he wasn't even wet. Have you been on board this whole time? She wondered out loud. I am sorry, Your Highness, but the assassin was about to do harm to you, the fisher said as his eyes darted around. Then Willow noticed something strange about the man's ears. Mother said beware of strange, her voice caught in her throat. When the thin man was satisfied no one had witnessed the violence, he spoke again. But Willow's mind swirled as her world went dark and she collapsed. And now a 60 second break for our sponsor. Willow woke with a start. She was surrounded by beautiful light shining down through treetops above her. Her attendant placed a gentle hand on her wrist and spoke calmly. Princess, you have returned to us. We are grateful, but I've said enough and you have questions. Where am I? Willow abruptly asked, her face swaying around, taking it all in. You find yourself in Eldalorn. Are you elves? We are Edelin. Only in the human tongue are we known as elves. Who are you? Willow's eyes finally focused on the one sitting near her bed. I am Isabel, the healer, and this is my daughter Thendiel. She motioned and a silent girl about her own age stepped forward into the light that surrounded them. She leaned shyly into her mother's arm. Do not be afraid, Thendiel, her mother smiled. This is our princess, Talindra. She will not harm you. How do you know I will not harm you? Willow asked, still feeling slightly alarmed. Because you will not, Isabel stated. There was wisdom that could not be denied in her old motherly eyes. 
Willow let out a sigh, knowing she was correct in her assessment. Why do you call me Talindra? My name is Willow. Since you told of your coming birth to Queen Alorala, you have been named Talindra. Your father is King Filnar, who has guarded over the kingdom of Etinfalis with your mother for over 6,000 years. I see this is a lot to take in. Would you join us at the table for a meal, young one? Isabel asked in a way that could not be refused. Thendil smiled at her. Yes, yes, it is a lot to take in, Willow mumbled as she pulled herself to the edge of the bed. Thendil brought her a light tunic to wear and helped her put it on. Gods, I'm naked, Willow realized for the first time. And so are you, she gasped, noticing the young elf's uncovered body. We never wear clothes if we do not have to, princess. The land is warm enough without them. Thendil informed her with a slight giggle. Shall I call you Willow? Thendil tentatively asked. You can change your name if you like. Yeah, I'm accustomed to Willow. This other name, Talindra, is too much for now. Although the name struck a nerve in her memory, it was too distant and cloudy for her to recall. Do not worry yourself, Willow. Thendil noticed her confused expression. She giggled at her again, and Willow was beginning to wonder what was so funny. You sound so different. You speak like a human, Thendil explained. Is that bad? Willow asked. No, just different. I like to hear it, Thendil admitted as she led Willow by the hand to the kitchen table. I study archaic words. I found an old book of poetry. Thendiel's eyes lit up as she spoke about her favorite subject, language. We also hear the trees. Do you know they can talk? Thendiel's shyness had long dissipated, replaced by her excitement as she spoke about things Willow couldn't possibly comprehend just yet. She saw the strange look on her visitor's face and crumpled in disappointment. You think I'm weird, too, Thendiel looked like she would cry. No, Thendiel, it's not you. All this is too much for me right now. Willow looked sad, too. She felt like hugging the girl, but didn't. It's okay to touch and show affection, Thendiel said as if reading her mind. Being a queen's daughter does not change your nature. You are still elven. Thendiel used the human word to help Willow understand. She needs time to learn our ways, Thendiel, her mother, Isabel, gently said, as she set plates of food down in front of the girls and turned to get more things for the table. 
to clarify, the scout who found you brought you to me because I am Eldalorn's healer. This place is hidden from all human eyes. Eldalorn is the southern edge of the Atumwood kingdom of King Elendwil and Queen Rihanna, Isabel explained as she poured them all drinks. Hidden? You're saying this place is invisible? Willow asked as she picked up a strange dark purple fruit and tasted it. She hadn't realized how starved she was. She had a hard time restraining her need to stuff all the food into her face. Invisible, such an interesting word, Thendil marveled at it. Invisible means disappeared, hidden, I suppose. Willow tried not to choke as she spoke between cramming more food into her mouth. Your hunger is normal, but you should try to slow down. Chew your food, princess. Isabel warned her with a motherly glare that immediately worked for some reason. You have been in a healing slumber for a long time, Thendil whispered towards her. Long time? Why? Is there something wrong with me? Your time in the mortal realm was nothing that could not be repaired, Isabel said matter-of-factly. You were not there very long. I was there for twelve years. Is that not very long? You will come to understand that time is but a blink of an eye to Edelin, Isabel said, not realizing she set off a torrent in Willow's gut. How long have I been gone? Willow's quick mind panicked in a sudden realization. She stood up looking around for her things. I have to get back. My mother, I was supposed to return after selling my locket. Willow broke down to her knees at seeing the sad, concerned looks in the eyes of her hosts. She's gone, isn't she? Willow keened. Yes, your majesty. The healer moved to her side to steady her. I am sorry, but you have been asleep for just over 50 human years. No, 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 my mother. She must have thought me dead for having abandoned her. Willow's tears ran down her cheeks, soaking into her sleeves as she wiped at her stinging nose. Your mother was cared for, young daughter, Isabel said tenderly. It is right to grieve for one who loved you so much. Just know that you did not abandon her. Our scouts brought gold and supplies to help her live out her last days in comfort. We guarded over her precious life for many seasons until her natural passing. Th thank you for that. Willow felt weak again. Thendiel and her mother helped her back to her bed. Thendiel surprised her by crawling under the covers and curling up with her. You should not be alone in a time of sorrow, was all she said, wrapping her arms around her as Willow passed out in her grief.
I am Edelin, Willow reached up and touched her ears that had been changed upon her waking. She looked at Thendil's ears poking out from her reddish-gold hair and thought they looked sweet on her. She was not so sure about herself, though. You have lived under a spell to conceal your truth from humans, Thendil explained. Your father has strong magics to make a glamour last so long. They sat perched on the edge of one of the many vine-covered walkways that spread into the village of Eldalorn. Willow waved at a young scout who had been her rescuer so long ago. He grinned at her and waved back, going about his own business. Eldalorn was a vast tangle of bridges and trees that spread all the way south to the sandy shoreline. When she first saw it from the north side of the ferry docks, she thought it was an island. But it is actually a peninsula jutting out into a swampy tributary. Thendiel suddenly jumped to her feet. Follow me. Her eyes were wide with excitement. Something is happening that you should witness for yourself. Willow ran with Thendiel across an expansive bridge into a garden to the east. Put your hands here. Thendiel placed Willow's hand on one of the huge sentinel trees and held it there. Do you feel the voice? It is warm today on the tongue and fingertips. That means a new one is born somewhere in the forest, and they warn us to watch our step. Edhelen seemed very mindful. Willow felt the heat on her fingers. She'd experienced this feeling before, not knowing what it meant, when she was helping her papa gather wood in the forest. Not all are mindful, Thendiel frowned. Nor can they hear it, Thendil sadly shook her head. Some Edelin are born for other tasks. She sighed with what seemed like disappointment. I can hear it, Willow smiled. Then you are blessed of Ilmatar, Thendil smiled back at her. Which direction grows hotter? Hear the voice, she prompted with an overly serious look on her face. Willow thought her expression made Thendiel look even cuter, if that was even possible. Willow placed her hands on the trunk of the nearest tree again, and concentrating, she slid around its edge until the heat on her tongue was almost too much to bear. This way, Willow got down and crawled forward on hands and knee until she spied the tiniest of sprouts pushing up from the ground. The land beneath her radiated with hot warning. Ah, Thendiel whispered, her eyes shining. Here we witnessed the birth of a great sentinel. The two girls lay on their bellies side by side, watching and guarding the newborn as it sprang from the soil and thickened. Thendiel put her arm over Willow, making her feel warm and safe as they stared at the growing sapling. When they felt the young tree would be strong enough to fend for itself, they said their farewells to the garden forest and walked hand in hand back to Eldalorn. As the two girls entered Thendil's tree home, she placed her hands on the inside wall stroking their dwelling. She watched as Willow did the same. They both smiled at the tingling sweet taste of welcome on their tongues, and it made them giggle. 
Willow can speak to the trees as well, Mother, Thendiel announced proudly. We helped a sentinel birth in the garden. Isabel plucked a dried leaf and a piece of grass out of her daughter's long hair and handed her a brush to work on taming the rest of it. I am joyed to hear it, her mother said. There was a twinge of sadness in her tone. You girls have been gone a long time. Now I see why. Trees are a slow business. She smiled warmly, holding Thendiel's face in her hands. She quickly kissed her on the forehead. There is something you need to know, my princess, Isabel said, as she ran her fingers through Willow's long hair. Willow winced, because every time Isabel used the word princess, it usually was followed by some unpleasantry. What is it? Willow asked innocently, hoping she was wrong about that this time. Your strength has returned, and like the Sentinels, you have a duty to your subjects. Your own mother and her royal escort are coming to collect you and take you to Etten Falls on the morrow. Tell them I'm still sick. Willow's eyes were huge with fear. I cannot speak untruth, Willow. It's not in our nature to say such things, especially to a queen, your mother. But I do not know her, Willow cried in protest. You must give her a chance, young daughter. Your father and mother have loved you your whole life, even unto giving you up into the human realm to protect you. There was an ongoing war, but the threat has been captured. You can now go back to the life you were born into. Willow hugged her friend Thendiel, not ever wanting to let her go. Thendiel hugged her back, but her face looked resigned. She knew this time would come. You are wiser than me, Thendiel, Willow whispered into her ear. Promise you will still be my friend, even if they make me wear stiff clothes and make me act like a princess. I will always love you, Thendiel assured her. That night, two elven girls sat under the full moon and made vows to one another. I keep you in my heart as my own blood. I call you sister unto the end of beloved Ilmatar and beyond. Thendiel solemnly spoke as she lovingly wove their fingers together. Willow repeated Thendiel's words. Gwestanu de Cherithan the girls spoke as one. They gently kissed each other squarely and fully on the lips to seal their vow. You will always be my willow, Thendiel gazed into her friend's weeping eyes as they held each other tightly, forehead to forehead. A shadow appeared over them in the mist of the early morning light. A voice spoke. Princess Talendra, Your Majesty, it's time to go home.
Hey, if you're just listening to this and the free book offer has run out, you can still read it for free if you call your local library and request it. Having books in libraries means more reviews, more readers, more word of mouth. And most libraries have online sites, so you don't even have to leave home to do it. All the information you need to order a book from a library is on carlybond.com. Thank you for listening. Today's story was a long one. Let me know how you like it by leaving me a voice message or sending me an email. You can always find me through carlybond.com. Bye-bye.